0: Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. Maintaining the same love, united, What? United in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own interest, your personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow the white knee the black knee the Hispanic knee the Asian knee oh come on now the Republican knee the Democrat knee the independent knee every knee will bow and the of those who are in heaven and those who are under the earth and every 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 tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father if you've already done it and you're glad that you did make a little noise come on come on if you've already done it and you're glad that you did today i'll teach the verse not divided slip up your hands father today we welcome you we felt your anointing in this place We felt your spirit in this place. Thank you that I'm with my brothers and my sisters today. I'm with family here and online and on our campuses. We give you praise for what you're going to do. Thank you that we can be diverse, but we don't have to be divided. If you're glad about it, come on, give him praise right now. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. What I see here in this text is God admonishing his people in the kingdom. Are there any kingdom people here today? Okay, that's almost everybody. I'm going to ask the campuses and everybody at the central campus. I said, are there any kingdom people in the Calvary family? Come on. He's exhorting kingdom people to rise with a heart of love. And if we're going to do that, especially nowadays, we've got to shift y'all in our mindset because there are people who only live to be loved. And you say, well, Pastor Rayleigh, what's wrong with living to be loved? Nothing's wrong with that. What's wrong is when we want to receive love and we want to receive affirmation and we want to receive respect, but we don't want to give it. So we're in a day right now when we need to come together as the body of Christ and... This mindset or attitude of a servant, of a unifier is found here in Philippians chapter two. And today I wanna talk to you from the subject diverse, not divided. We can be diverse, we can be different, but the body of Christ cannot be divided. I'll say that again. I said, we can, be, we can have different opinions. We can think differently about different things. But at the end of the day, if we are the body of Christ, we cannot be divided. And if you're going to be truly a part of the body of Christ, Precious, one of the main goals in your life has to be harmony with your brothers and sisters. Harmony with people who maybe think differently than you do. And the great apostle Paul, who I love to read and love to study his writings, he understood this, and one of the most beautiful realities of the early church was her striking diversity. The early church was so diverse that on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit was poured out and tongues of fire sat down upon each of them, there were five different languages represented at that outpouring so Paul sits down years later and this is one of his prison epistles and he's writing to the Philippian church now essentially what he's doing in this letter is congratulating this church for their faithfulness he is not so much uh, dealing with them on issues or correcting them at this time he's just thanking them for being faithful in their giving and in their, in their support of the gospel. But within this letter, he rises with exhortations and warnings. He is compelling them towards unity. And it was critical in this moment because of who Paul was talking to. He was talking to the church in Philippi. They were located in Macedonia. And... The reality of that city was this. There were soldiers who had retired, and they were living there, and they had been given an allotment of land by the Roman government. So here in Philippi, you have the Roman soldiers, and you have the Jews coming together now to build the church of Jesus Christ. And then going through the land, there were Judaizers, who were Christians who did not believe in the finished work of Jesus and they would only allow you to be saved and a follower of Christ and really know salvation if you as well fulfilled the religious prerequisites of Judaism, that being the feast days and that being circumcision and all these different things. So you had a recipe for discord right there in Philippi. And Paul rises in concern because he knew that that according to the system that they lived in, Romans and Jews were to be sworn enemies, but he said something now has happened to you. You have had an encounter with one that can bring it all together and make you one. And it was in this critical atmosphere that Paul said, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there's any consolation in love in agape, that's the word there, If there be any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and compassion, he said, make my joy complete. Watch this now. By being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. He said, I know that society has raised you to be enemies. I know that society has raised you to be divided. He said, but there is a name now that you both have called on that has transcended your ability to be divided from your brothers and your sisters. And when you call on that name, it brings everything together. He said, Make. My joy complete. He said it's important that you don't let this season divide you. Yeah, notice the words he uses here: the same mind, mm-hmm. the same love, united in spirit, united. Come on, somebody, in one purpose that has to do with unity. He was saying, in essence, even though you're different in many ways, you don't have to be divided. You can be diverse, but you don't have to be divided. You can be diverse, but you shouldn't hate one another. You can be diverse, but as a body of believers, you should not be second-guessing one another. And the Bible says something so powerful here. It says not only are we to have unity in our diversity, he said you got to maintain it. He said maintaining the love. He said maintaining unity, maintaining the intent on one purpose. See, that's what we've got to understand. We can't just be united when we come to church. We've got to maintain our unity and everything hell has done in this last season, he has done it systematically and strategically because the devil does not fear a big church, the devil fears a united church. And the devil has systematically tried to divide the church because he knows the moment that we get together, we will plunder hell and populate heaven. The devil knows the moment that God's people come together and we transcend our differences and we get focused on the name that is above every name, that we ignore the the, the strategies of the enemy and we say we will rise as blood-bought believers, washed and cleansed and sanctified. That's when revival will sweep the land like we have never seen in our lives but you have to determine who you gonna be we're real good at determining how our neighbors should act but he said you have to maintain this unity now the word maintain is actually the Greek word echo and we know echo is something that you hear again And again, and again, and again. What does that mean? That means today you gotta talk about unity. This afternoon, you gotta talk about unity. Tomorrow, you gotta talk about unity. You got to get in the business of getting people together who name the name of Jesus because a servant, a servant thinks in terms of harmonizing and not being in discord. A servant of the most high asks questions like Is what I'm about to do, what I'm about to say, what I'm about to post, is it going to make things better? or is it going to make things worse not compromising the truth not ignoring the issues not acting like things are perfect when they're not but coming to a place where you can say God help me to be a vessel of honor that promotes harmony You say Pastor Rayleigh you've been here 23 years you are approaching now a quarter of a century pastoring people in the Volusia County area in the greater Halifax area what is your goal my goal at 57 is what it was at 33 my goal is unity my goal is to bring people together my goal is to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost my goal is to see black folks and white folks and red folks and yellow folks and brown folks come together and give a name that is above every name all the glory and all the praise does anybody have that agenda with me because that's the agenda of heaven my goal hasn't changed now listen we are dedicated, committed radically connected to the cause of unity but let me say this to you precious unity, what is unity? unity Unity does not mean uniformity. Unity does not mean that everybody is the same. See, so often we are only comfortable with people who are just like us. Unity is not uniformity. It's okay to be different. You don't have to be like everybody else and everybody else doesn't have to be like you. Come on, somebody. Everybody doesn't have to like what you like, eat what you eat, react like you react. Everybody's not the same. But the reality of it all is this, we all serve the same Jesus. And it is a small person who can't sit in a room with someone who is not just like them and find a place to be united. See, hear me in this room, God made us that way he made us so that we would be different and the truth is if everybody was like you that would make you unnecessary It is our diversity that brings us together and in that diversity, each one fulfills different elements of the body that we could not be by ourselves. We are different, but what makes the body unified is that the parts are connected, unified toward the same purpose. That's what the writer said. Paul said, maintain love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. We all have the same agenda. We want our children saved. We want revival in the land. We want an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We want the nation healed. Is there anybody that can say, Pastor, that's what I want. I don't want my agenda. I don't have to hear my song. It doesn't have to be like, just I want it all the time. I want revival. If you want revival, make a little noise in the house right now. So he said, maintain love. United in spirit, intent on one purpose. Unity is oneness of purpose. It's like a football team. Did any of y'all watch the Bucks the other night? They beat a little team called the Chiefs. Somebody on the front row, I'm not going to say his name, but he has a beard. He's sitting by a Spanish guy, and he received the offering but I'm not gonna say his name. He and he's a great preacher, and we love him, but I'm not gonna say his name. But he's also a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And he sat by he sat at my house eating chicken wings. Come on now. And had a lot to say when he got there, but was very quiet when he left. Come on, y'all. I saw a football team in the box that they, they were united and not every player played the same position uh, see that's the strength of a football team it's not because every player plays the same position they're unified if they all played the same position that would all be that would be uniformity You can't have all offensive linemen. You can't have all running backs. You can't have all safeties. They are unified because they are operating in harmony towards the same goal. They're trying to get to the goal line. Their goal line is where they're headed. Each person playing their unique part to get to that goal line. And I'm telling you, I've made up in my mind. I have to just play my part. I want to get to the goal line. I want to get to the goal line because I've got to see revival. I've got to see God heal the land. I've got to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and I've got to get on a team that feels that way. Anybody, you feel that way? Is that what you're after? No, wait a minute. Make a little noise if that's what you're after. Come on. One of the reasons there's so much discord in families and in churches is because many people now have lost sight of the goal. The goal is to establish the kingdom. So rather than focusing on the goal, we started focusing on each other. We've started attacking each other. And watch this, when couples get in an argument, they'll start off talking about the issue, but if they're not careful, they'll wind up talking about each other. Oh, it's quiet in here. They'll start off talking about where you want to go to eat. And they'll argue about that cause one guy wants Popeyes and the other guy, the other lady wants Ruth Chris. Come on somebody. That's a, that's a big wide spectrum. But I'm telling you if it wasn't that Popeyes was fattening, I would choose Popeyes every day of the week. Y'all don't say nothing to me. I would get a three piece with dirty rice and a biscuit, come on somebody. I would work it out but I can't have that all the time so you wind up you, you wind up talking about an issue you wind up arguing over an issue but then you turn and you begin to attack each other and you say but you never let me have my way and you hurt me and you remember what you did it and, and you remember way back when and that's what the devil wants us to do he wants us to stop talking about the issue and begin to talk about one another and tear down one another but I have come to ring hell's bells and say that in the next season there is a church that is rising up and we have a oneness and purpose and we know what we're called to do now watch unity then is not sameness unity is oneness and purpose unity is everybody going the same direction how many of y'all going to heaven? Anybody in Palm Coast going to heaven? Come on, anybody in NSB going to heaven? Anybody online going to heaven? Anybody in Ormond going to heaven? Any- I've said this before, but when you get to heaven, they're not going to be a white section not going to be a black section, a Hispanic section, an Asian section. Let me really bother y'all. There won't be a Kojic section, won't be a Church of God section, won't be an AG section, won't be a Baptist section. Baby, when we're walking there, we're going to be so glad that we made it. We won't care who the neighbors are. I'll be glad to see my brothers and my sisters. Is there anybody? You got a goal in mind. No, no, no. I want to hear from the people that's got a goal in mind. And if we get there, we're going to get there together. If we make it, we're going to make it together. If we arrive, we'll arrive together or we won't arrive at all. Unity is not sameness, unity is oneness of purpose. It's everybody going the same direction, it's believers like you and me pursuing harmony. It's believers like you and me coming together for a higher cause and a greater call. A true child of God then fights for harmony. A pastor nowadays, if he's gonna be who God's called him to be, he's gonna fight for harmony. Not not compromising the essence of the issues, but nevertheless fighting for harmony. And this must be our mindset. We are trying to preserve, Ephesians 4 called it, the, the, the unity of the spirit. And, and I, want you, I want you to get this in your heart. Some of y'all say, well, pastor, why should I be concerned about preserving the unity of the spirit? I just want to get to heaven I want to get my family to heaven come on y'all I want I want to get my son and my daughter to heaven I want to get Keisha and them to heaven come on somebody I want to get Pee Wee and them we got all kind of people in church I I want to I want to get them to heaven that's all I want to get Jose y'all don't say nothing to me I just want to get them to heaven I'm just trying to get them to heaven that's all I care about why should I care about preserving the unity of the Spirit because of this because the Spirit doesn't work in disharmony and disunity. Ain't nobody gonna be healed where there's discord. Nobody's gonna be set free where there's discord. Your family won't be delivered where there's discord. Crack addicts will stay crack addicts where there's discord. People bound up in sexual sin will stay bound up where there's discord. But where there is unity, the Lord said, I'm ir- here. That I mean, that's irresistible. I command my blessings. I dare you right now. If you wanna get under a commanded blessing, make a little noise right now. Do you understand how crafty the devil is? Do you understand why he is so committed now to seeing the church divided in America among the black church and the white church and the Hispanic church and the Asian church and the Korean church? I know Koreans are Asians, but just letting my Korean people know if you're watching. We, we have all this division because the devil knows that God's power will not be revealed in totality until we come together. Satan wants disunity in the church so that God's power will not be resident there. Satan wants discord in the church because he knows the moment that we get together, hell is in trouble. The Bible says in 1 Peter that when a husband and a wife are in disunity that God won't even hear the prayers of the husband. That's why it's so critical, y'all, that we come together. And the discord in the church isn't about different personalities. It's not about opinions, but it's about Satan having his way, wanting to block an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Hear me, Calvary. There's got to be unified Unity. That there must be something that everybody is attuned toward. There must be something that we're all listening for. And you say, Pastor Rayleigh, what are we listening for? What are we all in tune to? Paul says it in Philippians. uh, He says that the Spirit's unity. See, you cannot be in tune with the Spirit and out of tune with fellow believers and think it's okay. Oh, my, 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 my. That means I can't be okay being divided with my brothers and my sisters somewhere. We've got to reason together. Sometime, we've got to come together and we've got to reason together because let me tell you something, if reasonable people don't start talking, unreasonable people are going to control the dialogue. That's why I've been very intentional about reaching out to people across the nation and coming together as believers and leaders. See, the only way, talking to you now about the Spirit's unity, the only way to be unified is that everybody starts going where the Spirit's going. We all gotta be led by the Spirit, for they that are led by the Spirit are called the sons of God. So this assumes that everybody has a spiritual perspective. This assumes that God is governing your mindset. I know this is deep, but the truth is if you hate your brother and you hate your sister, if you unfriend, I'm mad at them, I'm just gonna unfriend them, and listen, Jesus said, I'll be a friend that'll stick closer to you than a brother. I may not unfriend you. I may unfollow you. I may snooze you for 30 days. Come on, somebody. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. If you are going to have the mindset of a lover of Jesus, which is key to greatness in the kingdom, there has to be a mindset that says, I'm going to pursue harmony. I'm going to pursue peace, but I'm not going to lose my uniqueness. See, the truth is, I have a degree in being me. Oh, help me, Lord. I have a PhD in me. You may find a better T.D. Jakes, but you won't find a better Jim Rayleigh. When God made me, he, he broke the mold. I remember when I first started preaching, y'all, I, I had such an identity crisis. I was gonna be everybody. One Sunday, I was Rod Parsley. I stepped down and said, Hello, friends. Come on. Hello, friends. Welcome to. Yeah, I was Rod one day. Next day, I was Bishop Jakes. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get, 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 get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I was, man, I was Bishop Jakes one day. Then I was Treflow Dollar one day. Come on, y'all. I was raised, when you got to have the word of faith. You got to believe in faith, and if you get faith around your seed, God will, end listen, I, was, I had such an identity crisis. You know, I thank God I never tried to be Joyce Myers. Can I get a witness in the house? But the best day of my life, was when I realized I didn't have to be anybody else to be accepted, I just needed to be me. I gotta be around people who say, Jim, just be who God has called you to be. And if you'll be that, we can get together. (laughs) Truth is, I wouldn't wanna go to a church where everybody was just like me. See, as a member of the body of Christ, now this is where it really gets real. As a member of the body of Christ, We ought to look out for each other. Oh, here it goes now. Do nothing. Somebody say nothing. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Here it goes. Do not merely look out for your own personal issues. Oh, it's quiet now but also for the issues of others. That, that's so deep, and it's not natural. It wasn't natural when the Romans and the Jews were trying to build a church in Philippi, and it's not natural today. But Paul said here, he said, you've got to get together. Paul is saying, when one is hurt, we're all hurt when one is treated unjustly we're all treated unjustly when one is victimized we're all victimized when one is abused we are all abused you can't talk about me without talking about yourself the truth is this mentality today in the church said, you take care of yours and I'll take care of mine and I hope we can get to heaven. But the Bible says, do nothing out of selfishness or empty conceit. He said, you got to look out for one another. You got to care for one another. You got to shield one another. You got you to stand up for one another. Why do you think I hosted the conversation on the heels of George Floyd, because we need to talk. Come on somebody. That's why I stood here. I I sat here with African American pastors and leaders and white folks because we need to talk, because we got to heal and we got to look out for one another. And I have made up in my mind, you better hear me, sir. You better hear me, lady. You can be divided if you want to. You can be jacked up if you want to. But I have decided I'm going to take care of mine. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to look out for you. I'm going to speak up for you. How many of you are ready to have that kind of church where we care for the widows and the orphans? Those that struggle. He said, do not merely look out for your own personal issues, but also for the interest of others. The problem is we got too many selfish people in the church. They they don't come to first service. They come to second service. They're in Orlando, come on somebody. They're not on this campus. We got people that they just concerned about how they feel i'm so tired of hearing how people feel because your feelings lie to you you're gonna feel one day way one day and another way the next day you're gonna feel victorious one day and defeated the next you're gonna feel compassionate one minute and mad the next that's when you gotta put all that mess aside and say i am a new creature in christ jesus old things have passed away let me love my brothers and sisters Selfishness is when self is the only one getting benefited, blessed, honored, protected, or celebrated. Selfishness is this mentality. Selfishness says, I win, you lose. That's empty conceit. And it says, I win, you lose. But agape, love, servanthood, says this, not only do I want to win, I want you to win too. There's nothing wrong with you winning. There's nothing wrong with you being an overcomer. But at some point, you have to say, not only do I want to win, I want you to win too. See, the text is saying here, don't make it all about you. Don't get so consumed with yourself that it's all about you. That means you've got to rise up and you've got to help others. Maybe you're helping yourself, but you've got to benefit others. There are two things going on simultaneously when this happens. You're giving and you're receiving. The Bible said, give and it shall be given. When you give love, you receive it. When you give protection, you receive it. When you give faith, you receive it. True religion reaches out to the widows and the orphans. Orphans, see one of the reasons that we lose the right heart so often is we forget about the pit where he brought us from we forget about where he dug us out of I'm asking you today do you remember do you remember where he brought you from do you remember where God brought you from do you remember when he rescued you make a little noise if you remember where you used to be and what you used to be Once you forget the grace of God that you've needed, then you become hesitant to give it to others. Now watch this, serving one another, Galatians 5, in love. Here's the deal, to serve is gonna cost you something. Oh, Jesus mindset of a servant is a mindset of unity. It's a mindset that says, I'm not better than you. I'm just saved. (laughs) Servants think in terms of the new position in Christ. He said, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself. Help me now. Come on taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Now, if Jesus Christ can do it, Jesus who had two natures in one person, he had the human nature. He's all man. And he has the divine nature and he's all God. And Jesus' deity is welded to his humanity. And in verse 7, it says, He emptied himself. He poured his deity in a container called humanity. And Jesus became the God man. Because he's a man, listen, one moment he's hungry. But because he's God, the next moment he, ch- he changes a child's snack pack into a feast that can feed 5,000 because he's a man he's thirst but because he's God he walks on water because he's a man he dies but because he's God he rises on the third day because he's a man he comes to the tomb of Lazarus and he cries but because he's God he said loose him and let him go free my 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 Somewhere there's this emptying or pouring out of Himself. The Bible said Jesus took on the form of a man, not just a man, but a bondservant. Now, the word bondservant is the Greek word doulos. We, we, would, we would study it at, in cemetery, I, I mean seminary. Come on, somebody. It, it, it literally means that He unites these two natures. All God, all man. In, 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 sem- in seminary, it was called the hypostatic union. And he became a bondservant, a doulos servant. The Greek word doulos meant an indentured servant. It means a servant by choice. See, I'll be, I'll be anybody's servant, but I won't be anybody's slave. I'll serve you because God chose me and I choose to serve you. But the truth is, an indentured servant was the lowest person on the social register in Rome. The doulos were the nobodies. And Jesus became a doulos man. He became an indentured servant. Paul says, listen, you gotta have this mind that Jesus has. You gotta have this attitude that Jesus has. If you're gonna make it, you're gonna have to think like Jesus. Jesus left heaven behind and became a man to be with men and he is God and you're saying, I can't bridge the gap between my brothers and my sisters. I can't see them in their struggle. I can't unite maybe you have forgotten the span that Jesus, that that chasm that he crossed to come to you. Deity. God became a doulos man, a bond servant. I can't forgive, I can't serve. Listen, then you can't be like Jesus. If you think that humility and unity and serving is below you, you just don't understand that God is above you. I'll say that again. You can't have any organ today. Nobody's shouting today. Maybe it's good we're listening. I said, if you think that humility and unity and serving is below you, you just don't understand that God... Is above you. If you don't know who you are, you're not going to be able to be a doulos person. Jesus could serve because he knew who he was. And when you know who you are, humility, preferring, protecting. It's who you become. It's how we are effective as Calvary. In fact, it becomes your joy. It's It's when you don't know who you are that these things become a problem. When God sees you serving Him and promoting unity and love, He gets involved, He'll promote you. Paul said it like this, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. So the question is now, How Pastor Rayleigh, how do we do it? Maintaining the same love. It's the word agape. It's a powerful word. It's not the word filio. There's several words in the Bible. Uh, For love, we only have one word for love. We say. I love chicken wings and I love my wife. Come on, but how many of you know you love chicken wings differently than you love your wife? But I do love chicken wings, but I really love my wife. So, so, so filial love is this. Filial love is I love you because you love me. I love you, son, because you love me. Now. There's a word called eros love, that's a romantic love. I know a lot about that love because that's the love I used when I was courting my wife and reeled her in. And I chased her till she caught me. Come on somebody. But then I'm trying still struggle. Then there's that word agape that makes you become a doulos man. And that word says, you ain't got to love me for me to love you. You don't have to perform. You don't have to do anything. Kind of like how you love your kids when they're born. They all they do is make messes and cry. They haven't done anything, but you just love them because they're yours. You just love them because they're yours. We have put so many guidelines on our unity. We put so many prerequisites on our love. The truth is, y'all, we ain't loving like Jesus. If we do that, how can we do it? One way. We got to be agape people. Watch this video. Watch it. Agape is more than romantic love. Agape is more than friendship. Agape is not something affectionate. Jesus' mighty name. I close with that. Bring the, bring the keyboard up just a little bit. I, I want to close with this. I hold in my hands a book called My Father's House. It fell into my hands over this last year. And it was a book written about my great grandfather, Battleaxe Bill Curry. Bring his picture up. That's him. There's he. Is. There he is. This would have been in the early 1900s. When the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came to California, it moved south. He was principal of a school and a teacher. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit, called to preach. He immediately began traveling. They said that he took an old truck and he went down and he bought he had sawed i guess they would call it a cord of wood but he built a motor home long before anybody even had motor homes and he could sleep 10 people in it and he put a stove in there and a bathroom in there and he went from city to city preaching the gospel and he got the moniker, the name, Battleax Bill Curry. There was one time that he was in a city and he was willing to preach and they kept running him out of town and he came to that same city and he paid a penny and rented a parking space and they came to run him out of town. He said, you can't run me out of town. I've rented this space and for the next hour, it's mine. The newspaper came and said, He's nothing but an old battle axe. And he got the name Battle Axe Bill Curry. He went from place to place preaching, this principal, teacher, preacher. Finally, his ministry got so big that he had 28 people that traveled with him in the Big tent. He founded the Church of God of Prophecy, a denomination. He was in one city in uh, Alabama And he said that the majority of people there were Nazarene in the book. He said they were wonderful people, but they didn't follow the Lord all the way to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he'd been doing these meetings and they'd always had great crowds because he had kids and they were very musical and it was an event when he did a meeting there and they needed to go to another city, but they couldn't go because it had no crowds and no offerings they had no gas they were running out of food so he gets a broomstick and he rides the broomstick like it's a horse and he rides it into town and he said come here by Lex Bill Curry as he preaches tonight and they went door-to-door they said that night that the tent was packed out they did the songs and the worship and the praise Announcement preparation for the next night, no likes Bill. He wasn't there. They kept waiting and waiting and waiting. Finally, at the last possible moment, they said he came in riding that broom with his pants legs rolled up with his shoes and socks off, and he rides that broom like it's a horse, into the tent, and he ties up his horse at the stage. and he stands up, and he quotes the scripture. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And he talked about the foolishness and the futility of not serving the Lord. And they said that droves of people came to Christ. He would go into towns. And in the book is so old. It said the juke joints would close down. There was one guy that brought all the alcohol into the county. He got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. He went to his chook joints, packed out a bus with 72 people and brought them to my great-granddad's tent revival. And they came into the kingdom and were saved and revival hit that county. They said that he would go into town. He'd go into these cities and he would stand in the evening. He'd look at a lamppost. He'd just stand there and look. And he would have his sons who played instruments go to another lamppost. And he'd, be saying, he'd say, what in the world? What is that? Before you know it, people would gather around him. Scores of people would be trying to see what was up with the lamppost. The book said that people were parking their cars because he had gotten them so fixed on that lamppost that he ran and said, oh my goodness, it's happening over here. And he ran to another lamppost and his kids are there and their worship team is there and he winks at them and they start singing praises to the Lord. He preaches by the lamppost, never said nothing about the lamppost and they had a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He was a doulos man. He was a bond servant. So now this was during the time my great-grandfather, my grandfather died at 83 years old in 1967 in the pulpit preaching. He quoted his scripture, righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. I was five when he died. He held me up. He was a prophet. He said, if this boy lives, he'll preach Jesus to the world. My great-grandfather, who would have been my that man's father-in-law, he rose in an atmosphere when the KKK was at a burning, boiling, hatred high. And I read this about him working among the blacks. Brother Mackey sees Battle Bill and someone standing by him, Brother Mackey said, who is he? The man answered and said, he is Battle Bill Curry. He was overseer of Florida, and now he is the general overseer of, our, of the Church of God in Christ. Brother Mackey, the African-American black minister, said, Battle Curry ate with us, slept with us, and won many to the Lord. John Williams and his wife, Precious, of Florida, said Badalax Bill was the first white man that they had ever seen preaching the message of the holiness way. They said he preached Pentecost and he had the spirit of caring for black people all the way back in the early 1900s. On a Sunday... Badalax Beal had been preaching in Muskogee, Florida. His friends, African-American couple, the Williams, had been at the Old Missions Church. And when they returned home, Sister Precious said, I was kind of late cooking dinner. I had an old wood stove and it was all fired up. Brother Badalax Beal had been standing in the road after the service talking to some people. And when he saw the smoke from our kitchen flue, he said, well, you all just go ahead and talk, but I'm gonna go where I see the smoke. He was kin to me, Me he smiled. He knew she was cooking. So he did, this precious African-American woman said. He came to our little house with no porch, walked right in to our room. Knowing that dinner wasn't ready, he laid right down in our bed and he rested a while while I finished up dinner. Finally, we got it ready. He ate with us and we enjoyed him so much. Oh! He was a wonderful man of God. And he raised a son, Morris S. Curry, who was just like him. Then it goes on to say that Morris Curry loved people of color preach to people of color, was committed to unity. He raised a son in the 1900s, just like him. In that house, he also raised a daughter named Isla, who was just like him, who would have been my grandmother, who raised a son named James, who was just like him. Who raised a son named Jim, who is now raising sons and daughters who are just like him. question is, what is the state of the church going to be if we raise up sons and daughters that are just like you? What's the next generation going to be like if we raise up sons and daughters that are just like you? I have made up in my mind that I wanna take every opportunity to celebrate and bless and benefit others for the glory of God but I want to raise up people who love people. I want to raise up a church that is diverse but not divided. And I tell you, I curse what the enemy has tried to do. I curse what the enemy has tried to do in our nation. And I tell you, devil, I take authority over you because let me tell you something, you're gonna get mad, but here's what you gotta know. The nation can't heal the church, but the church can heal the nation. That's why we gotta have revival in the church. That's why bishops and elders and prophets and evangelists and have got to beat our weapons in the plowshares and we've got to have revival stand on your feet and make a little noise if you want revival so I want us to celebrate our diversity but I refuse for us to be divided if you want got to move in our diversity, I want you to slip up your hands. Come up here, John. Come on, slip up your hands. Slip up your hands. Come on. Father, we bless your name today. We thank you, Lord, that we're gonna be a doulos church. We thank you that we're gonna be bond servants. We thank you that we're gonna maintain the spirit, that we're gonna maintain love, that we're gonna maintain unity. I take authority over the devil right now. I take authority over discord right now. I tell you, devil, that there is a church that will rise up, not consumed by their opinions, but ready for a fiery revival that will transcend race, that will transcend socioeconomic situations. Pour your spirit out and have your way. If you love the Lord, slip up your hands. Come on, sing, Pastor John. I give myself away, oh God. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away, make me more like you give myself away, so you can use me. I give myself away. Oh, will you make me like you? I give myself away, so you can use me. I give myself away. myself away so you so you Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.